0: Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you love it, please subscribe. And if you're a regular, love to get your feedback, you can just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash questions and leave me any feedback, any questions that you have. And you can take notes. So I say if you're on a bike, which I often am with my, you know, headphones down a little low, but if you're on a bike walking wherever you are, you can go back and listen to it. But you can also get full transcription of the show at Paul mentoring.com forward slash podcast. So the person that I've got on today is going to talk about your greatest gift. Okay, and it's a gift that's normally well underutilized. What do you think that gift is? Did you say voice? True. Okay, voice. I actually had today from Amazon where they sent me a, a notification. A listen, and they said, Did you like your purchase three months ago of a t shirt? Bit late now. Would you like to give a star? So it was all done by voice. Okay, that's the way the world's going. So you need to actually have your voice stand out. So today's guest spent 25 years as a voiceover, also helping artists, I should say, also helping people with acting and using their voice and in the last five years has coached people on it. And she gives four brilliant steps of how you can sound better with your voice, whether it's to video or audio only. And I certainly took some great notes. You should as well. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Diana Cooney. Welcome Deanna Cooney to the Build, Live, Give podcast. Fantastic
1: to have you here today, Deanna. Thank you so much, Paul. It's just an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm really, really excited to talk to you.
0: Now, the first thing I've got to ask you, are you okay? Because I know that Perth has had some huge mm. fires in the last couple of weeks and uh, yeah, are your family and friends all well with the fires?
1: Yes, Yes. I'm very lucky in that I live in a space that wasn't impacted by the fires beyond having incredibly smoky days and ash falling from the sky and that kind of thing, which was really scary. Mm. And Yeah, it was interesting that it happened the week that we were in lockdown, you know, it made it really difficult for people because they were like, well, can I leave my house? And the general consensus was, yes, getting away from a fire is more important than lockdown. So definitely leave if you need to, you know, but it was a really scary few days and a lot of people lost their homes. A lot of people lost homes but we came through it and I don't have anyone in my family, immediate family or close friend group who were too bad impacted. I know people that had to leave homes and were able to go back to them, but yeah, I'm glad we had the rain that we did that made yeah, a massive
0: difference. Definitely. Yeah. Well, It was definitely scary. I think the last count I heard was 86 or something homes. So,
1: yeah. Really yeah. awful. And some of the footage was quite incredible there. You know what it's like when you see footage of areas after fires have gone through, there's like a strip of blackness and houses crushed and like beautiful vibrant green trees either side it's yeah. really amazing to look at
0: yeah and, and you know sadly i think globally we're going to get more i know california had really bad season last season mm. we're going to continue to get more but why don't we go into something that your family or friends know about you that we may
1: not okay well i have <laughs> i have a really full-on phobia of being underwater right And you wouldn't know that necessarily if you follow me on social media or anything like that, because I share plenty about the adventurous things I do in my life. I'm a rock climber, I scuba dive, I, I snow ski, all that kind of stuff. But the scuba diving thing was a really big challenge for me. And I had to unlearn a bunch of really deeply ingrained patterns and habits around being underwater. I spent a long time barely being able to put my face upwards in the shower, to let water fall on me. Yeah. I just, and I didn't even realize it was such a big deal until my partner said to me, I want you to come scuba diving with me. And I'm like, I can't even snorkel, like put glasses on my face, put my face underwater. And I'm like, (gasps) like full tilt, visceral panic, hardcore, get me out of the water now type stuff. And he's like, well, we have to get over this because I want you to come scuba diving with me. And it was like a two-year process of getting me used to having water on my face and learning that I could have a bit of water in my mouth and still breathe over the top of it. And that I could control my mind and my body to the extent that I could dive. And now that's one of the things that we do when we go on holidays.
0: Wow. And and is there a condition? Is it Is it old something?
1: It's just something that happened to me when I was a kid. You know what those things are like. Yeah, yeah. It's embedded when you're a child and before you know it, you're 40 years old and it's running your life, you know. I, I was underwater as a child doing somersaults in a river and I thought that I was going up and I was going down and I hit the bottom and had a moment of being sure that that was it. I was about to die. I was only in like a couple of metres of water, so it wasn't like really bad or anything. But that moment of not knowing where I was underwater definitely hardwired some really, really base level fear about being in that space. So, well, yeah.
0: Well, I'm so glad you've come through Come through it. But I must yeah. admit it's not that drastic, but I know the fear of voice, the fear mm. of hearing on podcasts, the fear of... You know, speaking at a virtual summit, a webinar, you know, that's, mm. you know, some people have got an absolute phobia. that. I know it used to be, you know, speaking in front of crowds, but I think it's moved now to more online. Yeah. So um, when people say, hey, Deanna, how do you help people overcome the fear of their own voice? Yeah. You know, what do you do? How do you do it?
1: There's a sort of the approach needs to be split, I think, into two different things because there's the psychology of how you feel and think about your voice and there's the physiology of how you use your voice. And the two things are really intimately entwined, but they need to be dealt with separately at the same time, you know, but as separate things. So often what happens is people have an idea about their voice and really often people will say, well, I should sound like this or I wish that I sounded like this. But really what's going on for them often is that at some point they've decided that how they sound is wrong. Mm. either the words they use or the the way their voice sounds. At some point, someone said to them, your voice is too high-pitched, it sounds screechy, or you've got a terrible vocabulary, or I can't understand what you're saying. And that stuff gets, just like my fear of being underwater did, it gets embedded into our psyche and our sense of self. And there's a lot of work that can be done to override that things like working out what those thought processes are and tracing them back to their origins and going oh that was a 7 year old me 7 year old me shouldn't and, and be making this how common about is that life.
0: like how many of your clients would have an experience in their childhood oh, pretty much past? everyone
1: yeah pretty okay. much everyone like anyone who doesn't feel vocal freedom who isn't able to express themselves freely i think probably has some thoughts in the back of their head telling them that they don't sound right Yes. You know, so I think it's really important that you deal with that first and foremost. And often what happens is when I deal with that with people, the other stuff goes away because the physiology is often tension-related. Right. So anytime we're stressed, our physical tension increases and the the muscles that we use to speak, really small, really delicate, highly responsive. And tension anyway, you have tension in your big toe and it, it's going to have an impact on how your voice comes out of you. And that tension can be driven by thoughts or it can be driven by nerves. You know, there's all sorts of things that shut down your capacity to communicate openly and clearly. And so that's it, what I work on with people. Yeah,
0: and does it get exacerbated when people are to camera as well? Because yeah. I always felt that, you know, audio, I loved audio. Now I've gone to video podcasting in the first mm. couple of was like, yeah, I was really nervous and it brought back a lot of the nervousness I had when I first launched my podcast. Is that yeah. common?
1: Yes, very, very much so. I think um, there's a certain freedom that comes with people not being able to see you. They're like, and that is why you get keyboard warriors on the internet and why you get trolls on the internet, you know, because no one can see them and they feel really able to express themselves however they like. So yeah, there's often nervousness when you first put yourself in a position where people can hear your voice, but the fact that no one can see you as you would have experienced, that nervousness tends to kind of Wash away after some time. But then you put yourself in a position where people can see you, and all of that nervousness and all of that tension comes back again. So, yeah, I think there's two things going on there there's the nervousness about not being able to express myself the way I want to, and then there's the nervousness of, do I look stupid?
0: Yes. Yes. And everyone always says, you know, I don't like the look of myself, or for me, mm. I don't like the sound of my own voice. So, you know, let's, I think. If oh, you I did, want to
1: dig into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, if, you wa- if you're watching this right now or listening to it, uh, as you're out on your bike or wherever you are, you're probably nodding your head, right? Because I think yeah. it is most, most of us and Diana's uh, good proof in that because how many years you've been helping people as a voice coach?
1: Well, I've been coaching for like officially for about 18 months. Um, I've been a teacher in the performative space around on-camera presenting and um, acting modalities and that kind of stuff for about five years. And it's really surprising actually how much work we do on voice, even when we're dealing with on-camera.
0: Yes. Yeah. Great. So you've got loads of experience a lot of it mm-hmm. recent. So take us through, like I'm about to go on a, a podcast. I'm so, and just quickly the context around yeah. here is I think, you know, if you're watching or listening to this podcast, guesting is a great way to amplify your thought leadership and your uh, awareness, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yes, have my own podcast and get amazing guests like and on, but I also go on other podcasts to, you know, help others, but also build my awareness. And I think it's a great strategy but you're just about to go for your first one, right? And you don't like the sound of your own voice. What are some tips that people can take from you to help them through that journey?
1: All right, great. So there's some things that you can do just for your own sense of self that are really, really useful, okay? So you can do what I call a body scan tension release. All right. So you want to check yourself from your head to your toes and find those areas of tension that are in your body. And it might be weird spots like your left butt cheek or maybe it's your elbow. (laughs) Like it could be that that tension is anywhere in your body. Right. But what you want to do is when you find that place of tension, take a nice breath in. It doesn't have to be like a (gasps) just breathe in gently and carefully. Okay. And as you breathe out, focus on releasing the tension wherever it is, and scan your body and do that from top to toe. What it'll do is ground you, it'll put you in a place where you're in your body instead of in your head, and that's incredibly useful when it comes to communicating well and being free in your communication. So that tension scan is the first thing that I do. Deanna, like is that something that you do each
0: day regardless or is it something that you do, you know, five minutes, an hour before the performance? Well,
1: well Personally, I do tension scans constantly. I'm pretty much always doing scanning my body for tension and finding where I'm holding something. It might be that my shoulder, one of my shoulders is lifted a little bit more than the other, you know, so I'll actively drop that shoulder and relax it and get my body into that loose, comfortable state. So I do it as a normal part of my life, but I focus very strongly on it before I'm performing in any way, whether it's coming on this podcast with you or doing a voiceover job, because I've been a voiceover artist and an actor for 25 years. That's my really big career history type stuff, you know? So this is something that I do anytime I'm going to be using my voice or, you know, performing in any way. So that tension release is the first thing. The second thing is give yourself some time to warm up hum sing some songs get your vocal cords loose and limber and the worst thing that you can do I think is go from not talking for a while into speaking right because your voice won't be prepared your vocal cords are just like the rest of your body they need some blood flow they need to be woken up they need a bit of time to like get into performance mode you know so doing a warm-up is a really nice thing and really all you need to do is be making noise you know so humming is excellent. Singing, and doesn't matter if you don't sing well, no one cares. Really, all you're doing is waking up all of the muscles and all of your articulators and do some tongue twisters. I find tongue twisters really excellent. They're fun for starters. They're silly, right? So there's no connection or requirement for you to say things that make sense. You know, you can just practice making noises. So tongue twisters are really good and the more you get yourself into those tongue twisters, the more silly you look because you're really moving your mouth heaps and heaps while you're doing it, the more blood flow you'll get to those articulatory muscles and the looser and freer all of that will be. All yeah, right? yeah, so got-
0: great advice. And look, I, I, before I met you, I, I was working with uh, an actor coach yeah, and, good. Uh, yeah, and she was actually on Home and Away. In a, if you're an Australian, you know that. If you're in the UK, you'd probably know that as well. I don't know if it, it really made it that big in America. But, yeah, yeah she gave me some warm-up exercises, uh, so tongue twisters with L's and certain mm-hmm. sounds that I couldn't hit Yeah. well. And then the other thing is, you know, pushing your tongue into your chin and into actually, your, lips, into your bottom lip, yeah, yeah, and that is so. I do those exercises before I go. Excellent. So yeah, hundred percent agree. And hopefully, if you're a regular twisters. listener, you've seen the improvement <laughs> as I've uh, done that. Oh, for
1: sure.
0: Yeah, my family it makes think an I'm crazy. Difference. The dog, <laughs> the dog just looks at me and like, "What is he doing?" But anyway, that's part of it. So so we've had uh, body scan, we've had warm up. What's a third yep. thing?
1: The third thing is take some long, slow breaths. You need to oxygenate your brain. Anytime that you are under stress, you'll breathe more shallowly. You become a shoulder chest breather instead of a belly breather. It's just what stress hormones and stress chemicals do to us, right? They get us ready to run or fight. And you don't want to be going into some space where you're using your voice and having a conversation, ready to run or ready to fight, right? Like, <laughs> That's not ideal. So some long, long breaths. And box breathing is really useful in this in this kind of situation where you breathe into a count, hold it for that count, breathe out for that count, hold it for that count. So you might breathe in for three, hold for three, breathe out for three, hold for three. And what that does is settle your nervous system very, very effectively and quickly. And taking that oxygen deep into your lungs, as long as you're breathing into your belly, You'll be taking that oxygen deep into your lungs and you'll be getting really good gas exchange and oxygen into your system so that your brain works well. If you've got no oxygen in your brain, it doesn't work very well. It just yeah. goes into panic, you know? Yeah. And you know, there's
0: so many like I find that yoga say to to breathe one certain way, other modalities say another. What for you is it, you know, in through the nose out through the mouth? What's the technique? I think it
1: varies. When I'm speaking, I tend to breathe through my mouth all of the time. And by speaking, I mean reading voiceover copy, talking on a podcast like this, any kind of environment where I'm using my mouth a lot, I will breathe only through my mouth. There are other people that will tell you, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. But for me, one of the things that is really important is having ready ready access to air and oxygen. And it takes longer to get air in through your nose than it does through your mouth, you know, just on a functional level. So I find having a relaxed jaw and an open mouth and breathing through my mouth while I'm engaging in this kind of activity means that I've always got air available to me and I'm not opening and closing my mouth all of the time. So I'm always ready to say what there is to say.
0: Fantastic. Now you've said a lot, given us three fantastic tips. Is there anything more that you'd like to give us before we go into the next section?
1: Yeah. One more thing. And that is, listen, be a listener. When you're, it sounds counterintuitive to be someone who's doing some speaking, but a really big part of speaking well, whether you're an interviewer, an interviewee on a podcast, whether you're speaking in front of a crowd, it's really important that you have your listening switched on as well as you're speaking. And that listening might be visual. You know, it may be that you're standing in front of a crowd or you're on a Zoom call and you've got a hundred people watching you. It's really important that you pay attention to what's coming back at you two things. One, it allows you to serve people really well. And the second thing is, is it gets you out of your own head. You stop thinking about what you sound like and you start thinking about what works best for the people that I'm speaking to.
0: Yeah, that's a great tip. And I must admit for me, I'm doing an online course at the moment, which a fellow Perth person's helping me with. She happens to be living in Denmark at the moment. So Maria Daw, yes. uh, a big shout out to you. You're just a blessing. And the thing that I really learned is actually talking with your eyes, which is, you know, into the camera like I am now, but also really talking to someone mm. like so often I would do a solo podcast and I would just basically talk to myself and I yeah. wouldn't use those pauses and I wouldn't actually ask the question of someone who's listening or watching. And mm. I think that's a part of listening too. that, you know, you mightn't hear the response, but you're asking for a response. So I think Absolutely. That, that, uh, comes together well. So they're the four things, which is fantastic. So before we move into the live section, I'd like to talk about how you can find out if you're going to have a high or low seven figure business in 2021. We've got an assessment. You can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. It's 15 questions in three minutes, about three minutes. It takes you to finish those. And I'll really give you a benchmark on what I consider is most important in growing the business versus what you've got. There's no right or wrong answers, but based on your answers, we then set up a 45-minute call with you where we work through a plan. It's not a sales call, right? It's not a trap to get you in a sales call. It's actually going through the assessment and giving you value. So you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com. And just a reminder for everyone, we're listening to Diana. Cooney and it's dianacooney.com.au. I think I've got that right. Diana. Yes, you did. <laughs> and it's dot Y.com.au. So the next section is the live section. So, what are some daily habits that help you be successful in life?
1: Great, excellent. So, I have always been a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. It's really funny. It wasn't until I hired a coach for myself, a business coach, uh, about 18 months ago that I started implementing daily processes. And I cannot tell you the difference that it has made in my life. It's I'm kicking myself for not having- Can you give us an example? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a few things that I do. One of them is I've started goal setting and that just has- it's been life-changing, not just business changing. So the process that I go through now is I set myself three three month goals based on three projects that I'm looking to work on over that three months. And then I break that down into monthly, like things that I want to tick off. So if I want to achieve this in three months, what do I have to do in month three? What am I doing in month two? What am I doing in month one to get that done? And then those monthly targets form my weekly task lists. So every week I sit down and work out what I need to achieve over the next week and I schedule that into my calendar. And I schedule it in ways where I have small group small like chunks of time and large chunks of time. So that I used to basically just try and get things done and I'd get to the end of the week and I'd be like, well, I sort of got that done, but that one I only got half done and and now what I do is give myself opportunities to work on something for half an hour and know that in that half an hour, that's all I'm working on. And that is going to get ticked. At least part of it is going to get ticked. And then there are other things that I know are going to take longer. So I might allocate them an hour and a half, but it's amazing that by the end of the week, I'm, I just am so much more productive than I used to be because I'm focused about what I'm trying to achieve, you know?
0: Yeah. And do you time those blocks? Yes. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. In my, I, I use Google Calendar, yes. and they're in my little calendar, and I get a little notification when it's time to switch, and I get a notification when it's time to finish and go on to the next thing. And it's sticking to those has been really amazing for my own sense of satisfaction, but also my overall productivity. And the first time I implemented this, I set my three monthly targets, trundled along, was about two weeks from the end of the three months, and thought to myself, I haven't looked at my three monthly goals like in probably six weeks, and I went back and had a look at them, they were all done. Great. Which was amazing, you know, and once that happened, I was like, right, I'm in.
0: <laughs> this it. is That's how I'm operating. Have it for life. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other
1: things that I do now is I meditate really regularly. It doesn't happen every day, but it is something that I implement Regularly, and especially if I'm feeling overwhelmed. If at any point I've got a sense of overwhelm going on, what I have learned over the last 18 months is that overwhelm is actually really easily impacted by 10 minutes of quiet.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, so true. And and highly recommend whether you listen to an app, whether you do it, however you do it. For Mm. me, sometimes swimming and just counting my breaths when I'm swimming. You know, that will yeah. be meditation. So that's brilliant. So the next section is the give section, charity or a community that you're passionate about and why?
1: So I think there's a couple of things here. From a The group that I work with the most is actors and people who are looking to put voiceover skills into their repertoire of, you know, like earning capacities and kind of thing. And what I have found is that, those people don't have a lot of guidance. The people who are looking to make that transition and take their skills that they've developed in one space and utilise them in a different context, there's not a lot of support there. And it makes it really difficult for people. They're kind of floundering, watching YouTube videos and getting all of these disparate bits of information from all over the place. You know what it's like with the internet these days. You can learn just about anything online, right? But it can be really difficult to know how it all goes together. And what I have found is that group of people, they just need somebody to say to them, yes, you're going in the right direction, or actually, no, try it this way, you know? And I get so much pleasure and enjoyment out of working with these people, whether they're like hiring me as a coach or it's through free like masterclasses that I do or information that I give out through my social media, being able to have an impact on those people is just beautiful because what I'm doing is I'm helping them have access to do a thing that they love and I'm helping them have access to creative expression that they might not have had before that. And it just, it's the best thing.
0: Best yeah, thing. Brilliant. Yeah, we can see it in your face it, how much yeah. story brings you. So that's great. So the last section the rapid fire section. We'll ask you some questions and get some rapid fire responses. So the first one is what's a piece of technology that is essential to running your business? <laughs> I would have to
1: say my phone.
0: <laughs> and, and which side of the fence are you on? The- oh,
1: I'm an Android girl an Android all girl. the way. <laughs> PC and Android all the way all the way, always have been. I had like a little like exploration of the dark side for a while. I had an iPhone when it first happened and I changed my mind, came back to Android.
0: Yeah. I must admit on the opposite, having worked in corporate for 18 years with Microsoft that just didn't, well, seem to let you down every step of the way. I'm on the Apple side, but uh, that's great. Your phone. So as far as- yeah. As, as far as personal effectiveness, you've talked about some great habits, but what are three top personal effectiveness tips you can give us now?
1: I think for me, what's really important is staying aligned with what I stand for and what I'm trying to achieve. I get really excited by things. So it's really easy for me to disappear chasing the bright new shiny thing that pops up. So I regularly check in with myself and make sure that I'm Operating in a way that is aligned with my bigger picture. Other personal effectiveness things get plenty of sleep. If yeah. I don't sleep, I'm useless. Yeah. You know? And I need to make sure that I'm drinking water and eating appropriately. You know, I know they're not necessarily business related things, but my effectiveness just disappears if I'm tired, if I'm dehydrated, if I don't have enough food. You know, so I have to stay on top of those things. Oh, and I like to exercise. If I don't exercise, I go a little bit stir crazy.
0: Yeah, well, as uh, Anita Chaperone, who's a great listener to this podcast, she talks about the CEO of you, right? So you are the business, if you're not healthy, generally your business isn't healthy. So totally agree. And what's the best source of new ideas for you?
1: Oh, it would be the community that I was talking about before. You know, like all you have to do is ask the people that you're working with or that you serve or that you're interested in supporting and they'll tell you what they need, you know? So I regularly say, what do you guys need? Who needs what? You know, and that helps me decide what I might want to do next.
0: Yeah, perfect. So, so much easier doing that than uh, building it and then uh, trying to sell it. So uh, the last question is the big question.
1: Oh, totally. Why,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's why I leave it to the end. But, um, you know, what impact do you want to leave on the world?
1: Um, you know, if... if- all I did was give people access to owning their own voice and being comfortable and happy with how they sound and how they express themselves. I will be the happiest person on the planet. There are so many people out there that are shut down around how they use their voice and it's stopping them from being able to share a beautiful message or help somebody else or they've got something amazing inside of them that's going to benefit the world and they feel like they can't share that because of some idea they have about their voice. And if I can smash that stuff to smithereens, I'll be a very happy girl.
0: Excellent. Well, you've given four fantastic tips to help everyone today and you've kindly also said that people can get in contact with you directly that are struggling if they've got a podcast coming up, a virtual event. Now, they've got to go to camera, which we're all doing more and more now. You can help. So yeah. go to voice oh, definitely. at a u, yep. and I'll have all the links in the show notes. So, Diana, thanks for being on today and it was a pleasure listening to your tips and I've written them down and I'll be implementing Good. some <laughs> of them straight after this.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, Paul. Really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you and talk to all of your listeners. I love your show and I'm just really, really blessed and pleased to have been part of it. Thank you very much.
0: Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. As a podcast, I really enjoyed that. And the four tips that Deanna gave were fantastic. And I think they can use it. And we sort of spoke about at the end of the podcast about the benefit of your voice. It's what helps you share your impact. I've got to admit, I've struggled with being on camera. I've struggled with sharing my voice. But she gave me some nice feedback at the end. And it's really about practicing, but it's getting help. Go to someone and get some help. If it's Diana, go to Deanna because she can help you share that voice. You go back and listen to my first couple of episodes and you'll see the difference that it's been because I've been doing it every day, but I've also been getting some help on how to improve it. So you can get all of the information in the show notes, all the links, everything that she goes through, the four steps. You can also let Diana know what the takeaways were. She's gone to a lot of effort to share her knowledge. If you loved it, please share with her. I even take a photo of the podcast, share it with her, but also share it with your friends and your network as well that you know they're struggling to get their voice out. You can also email her directly at voice at Deanna Cooney.com.au. That's right. For you guys, global.com.au. Don't forget the .au in this case. If you'd like to have a high seven-figure business this year, go to mentoring.com forward slash assessment. Take care to build, live, and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.